Hello and welcome to Among Other Things. I'm Trent Ashcraft. This week, I had the chance to sit down with my former colleague, my current friend, Danielle Durbin. We talked about running, motivation, goal setting, and hot sauce, among other things. And hey, before we get started, we sure would appreciate it if you took a moment to subscribe to the podcast and give us a positive review while you're there. That helps us out a lot, and it helps new listeners discover the show. So thanks so much for your support. And now, here's my conversation with Danny. And we are here with teacher, student, Iron Woman, the highest requested guest we've ever had on Among Other Things. And that is my friend and former colleague at the quarry, Miss Danielle Durbin. Hello, Danielle. Hey, how are you? Oh, just splendid. I have to say, uh, Danny and I, I told her back when we worked together, I said, I said, sometime I'm going to have you on the highest rated podcast on the internet. And she said, great. And then it turned out I don't have the highest rated podcast on the internet. So instead I said, Danny, I'll have you on the lowest rated podcast on the internet. Um, and so we set something up and then two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, I don't know when it was, I said, hey, you want to come on and talk about stuff? And she's like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And I said, great. And she said, not me, she said, how about Thursday? And I said, <laughs> I said, hey, I'm free whenever. And so I got on the old computer and I sent her a message and I was like, uh, hey, just let me know that we're still good and I'll send you the link for this thing. And nothing happened. And then a few minutes passed and I was like, I bet, you know, she's a very busy person. I bet she, she just forgot. It was not a big deal. And then I sent another message, I think, that said like, is this happening? And then nothing. <laughs> and then probably an hour or two later, um, she, you replied with just a picture of your hand. <laughs> yeah. And at first I didn't understand I thought, have you injured yourself? But then upon <laughs> further reflection, you got engaged. I did. Yeah. I'm assuming so that was you a busy week. <laughs> I'm assuming you didn't know that was going to happen. No. So we had talked about it. We've been dating for a while and we had talked about it recently. And really, honestly, like two weeks beforehand, I had been not very nice to him. <laughs> Because I was very convinced that he had missed a couple really good opportunities. Mm. Um, so we finished Ironman Indiana together at the beginning of October. So it's been just over a month since we finished that. And I was really convinced. I was like, you know what? We've been training for this for like two years. We're going to finish this thing together. Like once I got out of the water, I was like, I know I'm going to finish now. And uh, he did not. And so I was trying not to be super bitter on the ride home. <laughs> and he's like, uh, so what's wrong, babe? I'm like, I don't really want to tell you. <laughs> and, he, and he keeps asking. And I was like, I'm gonna, you're going to regret asking me. And so I kind of like spilled, spilled the beans about like, I was so mad because like, you missed this great opportunity and it would have been really cool. And he's like, you know what I thought about the whole swim? And I'm like, what? And he's like, how I'm going to do it. He's like, you just need to trust me, babe. And lo and behold, I was just two, three <laughs> weeks early. But yes, so I did get a little feisty on the way back from Ironman, Indiana, because I was like, that would have been so perfect. My mom Absolutely. was there. But yes, no, he but was very sweet. We got, um, we got engaged at a church down in Old Louisville, um, in Portland, actually, that my great-grandfather had attended when it was a school. Um, so he wanted to, we wanted to get engaged in a church, um, cause faith is very important to both of us and he didn't want it to just be any church. So he found one that had family history and when like, it's so funny, he went and saw both of my parents and planned all this and I had no idea. And, um, when he went and talked to my parents, he's like, oh, it's going to be soon. <laughs> it was that night. Um, <laughs> but he's like, I didn't ask for permission. I asked for blessing. He was like, I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> so it was very sweet, but very exciting. I, so. You know what? That will count as a reasonable excuse. So first of all, congratulations on that. Thank you. Very excited. Very excited. Um, 
so in case for, for the dozens of you listening, in case you can't tell, considering that Danny mentioned the Iron Man, that's what we're here to talk about is uh, the fact that I like to talk to people and learn about things I don't know anything about. And I don't know if you know this about me. I don't know anything about being in good shape. <laughs> so I have dabbled ever so slightly years ago in, in the occasional 5K. But um, you, Danielle, are an endurance athlete. You, you run, you bike, you swim, you do the whole thing. And like you said, like a month ago, right? You, you mm-hmm. completed your first Ironman. Mm-hmm. So my question is, A, what the heck? That sounds <laughs> terrible. And B, so take me back. When, how long have you been, how long have you been doing this kind of um, ath- athletic training, this sport? How long have you been yeah. doing this? So I'll kind of give you a fast rundown of my athletic ventures, which I say with air quotes, but because none of y'all can see it. Um, I played lacrosse in college. So D3, just for fun, I picked it up like my senior year of high school because I realized I had a glaring gap in my resume and it was like, you don't do any sports. So I was like, what's the easiest sport to get into? The one that a girl that graduated the year beforehand coached. Perfect. I'll do that. (laughs) So I like walked on my senior year. It was a mess. Um, And then I walked on at center and I really loved it. But we were doing like two a day practices and I had like a meal card. So when I came home from college, obviously I didn't have lacrosse anymore, but I still ate like I was doing two a day <laughs> practices and had a meal card. So mm-hmm. I remember one day my mom looked at me and she's like, if you don't start doing something, you're going to get fat. And I was like, Oh my God, mom, rude, but also maybe true. So I put on a pair of uh, Puma indoor soccer flats because they were tennis shoes. So I was like, these are probably good for my feet. And uh, ran to the stop sign at my street. And I was like, yeah, that was really good. I could like <laughs> maybe run further than that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I did. I ran in these stupid like velvet brown and pink Puma soccer shoes around my neighborhood for a couple months. And then like finally I was like, all right, I'm, I could like run a 5K. And so I got a pair of real running shoes and entered a 5K and won a medal for my age group. And I was like, oh, you can win things in this. Yeah. And then I was hooked. So I started. So you racing. were how old when this happened? College age? Uh, so I had just graduated college. I was like, I graduated college at 21. So uh-huh. I was probably, I probably started racing at 22 in the, in the road races. So if you're so, meddling against 22 year olds, I mean, you were doing a pretty yeah. good pace. That's not like meddling with the 60 year olds. <laughs> no, it was, it was Okay. Um, the nice thing is most people that go through like track and field in college, they hate it by the time they're done. So they don't really run the like neighborhood five Ks. Um, so after I did a couple five Ks and was doing well, I was like, I could probably run a 10 K. And so I ran a couple 10 Ks and then I did a half marathon and I said, all right, I did a half marathon in October. I'm going to do a full marathon in April. Just see. And so I started going to fleet feet Louisville and training with them. And I did my first marathon at, in Louisville, I think in 2016, maybe. Um, since then, I've done 20 full marathons. So that's mm-hmm. 20 times 26.2. Um, I've done six 50Ks, which is 31 um, miles. And I've done one 50 miler. So the year I was kind of like playing around with I had, I gotten into long distance running shape. Like I could do it. It was nothing to go do like a 50 K. Um, cause I was just always trained. I was doing like 200 miles a month, um, of just straight running. So I did a 50 miler and I was like, well, if I can do it in the time cutoff, cause I picked a really hard course. It's like, if I can do it in the time cutoff, I'm going to sign up for an Ironman. And so I did it got a little plaque and everything because I won my age group. I think I was the only one in it at that, that, that particular race because it was a nightmare. It was in December in like, um, it's called the Jackson 50 and it's incredibly hilly. And the year I did it, it rained and sleeted and snow. I mean, like we got every single weather cycle. There was massive fog. And by the time you got 
by the, it was five loops because it was a 10 mile loop and you just had to do it over and over by the fifth one. It was so sloshy and nasty. I was like, I don't know if I can finish this. Um, so I got very close to the cutoff. Um, but I was like, all right, I'm signing up for an Ironman. So January 1st of 2019, I signed up for Ironman Louisville. Um, so I spent that whole year because Ironman Louisville was in October. So I spent those 10 months training and I trained with two friends that were doing their first full Ironman also. Um, in had that you time, done, had you done other triathlons? No. <laughs> so you hadn't no. done a, a, what do you got? Like I an hadn't Olympic done any, like a, a sprint or an Olympic. No, I was but like, you said, I'm going to go all the way. Okay. Yes. And I rode a men's Trek bicycle that is too big for me. Um, which if you know anything about cycling is like a major, not okay. Like people were looking at me like I was insane. Um, so in that process of the 10 months, I did some sprint triathlons. I did some Olympics and I did one half Ironman distance. Um, I didn't do an Ironman branded one. I did one down in Tennessee that was really fun. And so this was when I was at Cal, the first fall was when I was supposed to actually do Ironman mobile. And we had a toxic algae bloom in the Ohio. And the day before Ironman Mobile went off, they canceled the swim totally. And so then I was irate. <laughs> I think I called, I like took down, I like, I had a very petty moment with Facebook where I had put up my number because I was so excited about it. And, and it was pre-COVID, so they pre-assigned that kind of stuff. And so I like deleted it because <laughs> I was just so mad about the fact that they had canceled the swim. So I did 138.2 of the 140.6 miles. So I only missed out on 2.4, but I didn't count it as an Ironman because I felt like if you didn't do all three disciplines, it doesn't count. So Ironman will assign you an asterisk if Ironman, the brand, does not count it. Mm. None of the athletes at Louisville got an asterisk. But in my head, I had one. Mm -hmm. I, like, wouldn't wear the Ironman finisher gear. I, like, was very weird about it. But I know a lot of people that did Ironman Louisville 2019 felt similarly because all of us signed up for something in 2020 and spotted places that did not have toxic algae. And we were like, all right, this is where we're going. Um, so one of my friends ended up doing Maryland and I signed up for Wisconsin. No, that's a lie. I signed up for Chattanooga. Well, then the year that didn't happen happened. And that year I was like, so once you train for an Ironman, you're like in such good shape because you're doing like 20 to 30 miles of running a week, 70 to 120 miles of biking a week. And you're swimming somewhere around like two to three miles. So, which is a, ungodly long time in a pool just in case you're curious just back and forth so huh? oh yeah yeah oh and like gosh. none of the pools here are 50 meters so it's 25 meters <laughs> and that's a long time like I think my longest pool workout was an hour and 45 minutes because I was like if I can do that if I can just swim continuously for an hour and 45 minutes I know I can make it through an Ironman I was like because I can actively not drown for the next 15 because they cut you off at like 220. So I was in like such good shape going into 2020. And my boyfriend at the time and I were doing a 50K a month. So we were either doing a marathon or a 50K every month. And we made it through March and then everything shut down. And so we had, he, I had roped him into this silly stuff because he's a former pro athlete and like actually a, like a real athlete. I'm just kind of like mediocre. Um, and so we were training for it together and it got canceled probably two months out from the race. And so we, we were two months away from a hundred mile bike ride. We were like, we're going to just go ahead and keep training through it. Um, but our training partner kind of bailed on us. And so we signed up the three of us to go to Wisconsin in 2021. And then my fiance's in the military, some military stuff popped up and he needed to transfer. Well, it's incredibly hard to transfer with Ironman. They're just like very difficult to get to do um, transfers for things like that. 
And so we emailed them for probably two months straight, just being like, can we please transfer? <laughs> like something has come up, we have to move. And so he got his confirmation like three weeks before I did. So we were thinking that he was going to have to like fly up to Wisconsin, like in his free time to try and see me finish and then fly back to do some more military stuff. And then I was going to drive with him to Indiana to watch him finish Indiana. And it was going to be a nightmare, but finally Iron Man switched me over to Indiana as well. And so kind of one of the cool things about like my Iron Man journey is like, it's been way too long. <laughs> I don't want to do another full Iron Man again because it's, it's like a full-time job because you're doing like 17 to 18 hours of training a week. And so one of the cool things though, is I did Iron Man Louisville the last year it's ever going to be here. So they've canceled the event for Louisville and then Iron Man Indiana 2021 is the only time they're going to do a full Iron Man in Indiana. So both of mine were like very unique experiences because it was kind of the end of an era for one of them and a one-time only kind of deal for another. Um, so they were both great. Uh, we are going to do another half Ironman in April on our spring break. <laughs> so um, we already signed up for that one. We're going to go to Galveston, Texas, but it's like, oh, we could probably be like actually pretty good at the half distance if we trained for it. And it's a lot less prep. Like we can get ready for that in a month. Um, so yeah, so I think a lot of why I do that is I never saw myself as an athlete because I did T-ball when I was a youngin and we weirdly skipped the whole coach pitch thing and they brought out a pitch machine instead. I know, right? Like doesn't make sense. And it terrified me. I was, a, I was very small as a child. And I, if you don't know me in person, I'm like five foot one. So I'm still very small as an adult. Um, well, being but, a little bit on the shorter side sounds like a perfect height. For it me. Is, you it know, really I, is. I don't know why people think they need to be taller than that. I know. Well, it makes me fun size, like the candy <laughs> bars. So, um, but I was very little and I was very scared. And I remember my dad like looked at me and he was like, I'm never going to put you in another sport again because you're a quitter, which like parenting 101, maybe don't say that to your children. It leaves <laughs> lifelong scars. Welcome to trauma hour. And so when I, when I picked up athletics in high school, like I didn't, I don't think I'm athletic. Like in my head, I do not like when people are surprised about the fact that I do ultra marathons or like long distance things and Ironmans. To me, it's not weird mm -hmm. because everyone that I'm around all the time also does that. So I'm like, that's, that's just normal. Like all of us do this stuff. Other people do way crazier things than I do. Um, but, but I think a lot of it stems from like, I wasn't, I wasn't an athlete when I was a kid, you know, um, because dad said I wasn't an athlete. And so I think some of it is that like, I like the idea. I've always been somebody that pushes myself and stuff like mm -hmm. everything. I double majored with a minor in college and still managed to study abroad at center, which is like not an easy college no. to go to. Um, so where did you, where did you study abroad? Strasbourg, France. I actually lived over there oh. for six months. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was awesome. It was very cool. One of the kids, I was talking about all the places that I'd visited recently and I was in front of one of my friend's kids and they were like, are you a missionary? I was like, <laughs> no. And she said, but you've been so many places. I was like, well, it helps when you live in Europe because everything's like the size of a state. You can get there super fast. Yeah. Um, so, so I so always, yeah, how, go ahead. How old are you? Are you 30, I'm 30. yet? So you're 30. Yeah, I had 30 this summer. And you started, you ran your first 5K when you were mm -hmm. 22? Mm -hmm. 22. So you've been doing this for eight years. And in eight yes. years, you've run how many marathons was it again? <laughs> 20. 20. And so yeah. that's averaging. I'm not too good at the old math. but That's, <laughs> that's between two and three a year. Yeah? Yes. Okay. So eventually, I want to hit all 50 states. So I've done 11 different states. And I have it planned out that if I do two new states every year, including two years to take off from maternity leave, I'll hit my <laughs> 50th marathon my 50th year. So that's kind of like the end goal plan. And I need to like get back to it because I had to take, luckily in 2020, I got two marathons in. And well, I got an ultra, which counts. So if it's longer than a marathon, the mm -hmm. club will count it. Um, and then I got two of them in before 
everything closed down. Yeah. So now I need to just get two of them in in between like getting married in a month. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, you could definitely squeeze that in on, yeah, a, on a Tuesday night. Yeah. So yeah. I think, I mean, you, you said that you have, I guess you found a community of people mm-hmm. who, who do yeah. this. You and I were talking one time years ago, years ago. Well, I've known you for like two years, but <laughs> several years ago down at the quarry, we were talking uh-huh. and you were telling me about going to, uh, to some sort of an event. And I was telling you that I, not, not because of my own athletic prowess, but I have some athletic people in my family, my wife's family. And I was telling them that I, I don't like going to packet pickup because I said, packet pickup is where fit people get together to remind everybody how fit they are and talk about all the fit things they do. Um, <laughs> Because just from a complete outsider, it's really it's really obvious that there's a um, there's a really rich community there of people who support one another, but they're competitive against one another. Mm-hmm. And it, it so you found that locally oh, yeah. here. In yeah. Town. So I actually run. I'm an ambassador for DC Timing, which is a timing company here. Mm-hmm. And then I'm actually a my fiance and I both are elite runners for Fleet Feet. So we're part of elites are you have to hit like a time goal before they like let you in. Um, And so it's like some of the better runners in the Louisville community. Um, So both of us have hit a couple of those marks. And so got into that program right before 2020, like right when everything shut down, our first race that we were supposed to race under them got canceled actually. Um, So you run with the sign or you're, you're a pace. So, I have paced things. So I paced the urban bourbon at the two hour mark. So if you were there either of the last two years, I paced the two hour group and that's a ton of fun. Probably the most stressful thing that I've ever done as a runner. I'm not, I'm not kidding. So I get stressed out like about my own performance, but I am a type two on Enneagram. So when my performance is tied to a bunch of people who are trying to meet a goal, Mm -hmm. it is harrowing. I'm so, I, I literally was like texting my running group, like, guys, I don't know if I can do this. Like the night before the race, I can pace a two hour race. I've done it before. Like I've hit a sub two hour half many, many times. And it's like, why am I so stressed about this? And I finally realized it's because other people are depending on my performance. It's not just about me. And I also love it. Like I had some lady, I wish, I wish I knew who she was, came up and like got a picture with me because with she stayed with us for the whole race and she got a 12 minute PR, which Mm is crazy. And so uh, the year before that, when I paced it, some man at the end, I didn't even know who was with us at the end collapsed into my arms. And he was a big dude, like probably six something (laughs) like heavy. And I'm like, I also just ran a half marathon. Like I cannot hold you up. Um, and he like collapsed into my arms and was like, this is the first time I've ever broken two hours and like was crying. I mean, it is incredibly cool if you ever get the chance to like pace events because you really are there for some people's like biggest athletic venture that they've ever done. Right. Like yeah. some people will train for a whole year to do a half and like hitting that time goal is such a momentous occasion for them. And it's very cool. Very stressful. <laughs> very stressful. But, but so that's I keep why telling so, myself I'm not going to do it. Yeah. That's why it's so remarkable to a normie like me that when you say in eight years you've run all these marathons because you acknowledge that for a huge number of people who actually (laughs) complete it first of all the vast 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 majority of people never would attempt one right and then of those who do um it's like a a once in a once in a lifetime i'm going to train for this for for a long time and 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 Mm -hmm. to let alone let alone complete a marathon, let alone uh, actually run the whole thing, right? There's plenty of people yeah. who, who are far better athletes than I would ever be, but they don't run the whole thing. They, they take yeah. a break or whatever. So long as they're not getting swept, <laughs> they're happy. And so, but, but you, you acknowledge that like to run mm-hmm. that many in that short of a time period is a pretty extraordinary thing to do, Danny. Yeah. I will, yeah. I will seed that. Yeah. It's not, you're, it's a little weird in the best possible way. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And like the, one of the cool things that I've started doing is because I've done so many marathons now, I, whenever the Derby marathon pops up for the last three years, I've paced one of my friends that it's their first one. Mm-hmm. So not like officially with the little stick, but my best girlfriend um, decided three years ago that she wanted to run the Kentucky Derby marathon. And I was like, okay, we'll go do it. And I was training for something else that I was like, actually like kind of training for. And she's a little bit slower than I am. And so I had done all my training independently until we were maybe five, five or six weeks out from the race. And I asked her how far her longest run was. And she told me 11 miles. And I was like, Oh dear God. So (laughs) I started doing my long runs on Saturday and then did back to back long runs would go out with her on Sunday and just kind of drag her around Louisville Mm -hmm. being like, we have to get ready. And we finished it. Um, It is my slowest marathon to date, but we finished it and we weren't swept. And she, she really did a fantastic job. She was amazing. She didn't hit the mental barrier until like mile 24. And by then her husband had finished the race already and had, and was running back to get us. And by the time he actually got to us, I was like, I'm so glad you're here. I literally don't think I could get her back by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause she just hit that mental barrier of like, I physically can't do anymore, which usually a lot of people hit in like 18 to 20. So the fact that she was a little bit undertrained and then made it to 24 before she was like, uh-huh. it went up, it went really well. So she finished. It was amazing. It is the only one she's done. Um, and I think probably the only one she will do. And then and it was the year a, after that, but it was an achievement an achievement oh, yeah. for her. Right. Yeah. And then the year after that, I did another girl from our run group. And then this year actually, um, did helped another girl from our run group. So it's kind of like my way, I guess, of like scratching that itch of like remembering what it was like the first time, you know, mm-hmm. cause like, once you've done it so many times, it does kind of lose some of that, like that glitter of this is a really cool event that a lot of people will only do once in their life. And so by kind of picking people to like help them through that process. And I think it's just helpful because I'll just talk the whole time, just chatterbox and like feed you things and be like, make sure you're drinking water and let's keep going. And we're going to run to this light pole and then you can have a break. Um, And I think that, I think about like what would have really helped me my first time. And I was like, well, any mentorship would have been great because I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, oh yeah, I'm going to run for that long. And like, it was, it was miserable. Um, And then like, it's so rewarding getting to do it with other people. So So you, you said that your friend, you've mentioned they hit the the barrier, they hit the wall. Oh yeah. Um, You, you, you referenced earlier how long, per week, how many miles that you were training when you were, when you were training for the, the, um, the Ironman, you, um, you've had a career, have a career, you're going to school now. How do you, how do you find the time to do this? And do you ever hit that wall of no motivation? Because it seems like to be, to be at the level you're at, you can't, you can't take many off days. You can't take an no. off season. And so what, do you hit that wall? And, what, and if not, how do you find the time to dedicate yourself to this? Right. So uh, a lot of, so like, this is a really weird question for me because like right now I'm probably at the wall for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, really actually at the wall for the first time. Um, so people talk about like having an Ironman hangover where when you've done and trained for this for so long, once it's over, you could just kind of get like listless and don't really know what to do with your time. Um, and so for me, I didn't hit that after Ironman Louisville because I didn't think it was a real Ironman. And so I still had that like drive and knew I was going to go after it again the next year. And now that Ironman Indiana is over, I have like no motivation to do anything. It's awful. And so I, I have still been, I've been lifting more than ever. So I'm trying to like kind of switch a little bit. I'm like going more into the the CrossFit world because like, why not? I haven't done that before. Um, So I'm lifting more 
and doing a lot of like cross training. And then I'm probably running two, maybe three times a week. Um, so I'm not doing the mileage and I'm actually, I literally talked to, um, Trevor about this like a couple of days ago because I was like, what if I can't run long distance anymore? And he's like, babe, you're being ridiculous just because like this mile right now is hard. You're like panicking. I was like, but what if I can't do it? I really was panicking. Um, but I like, I have that kind of, I'm in a weird place where I don't really have a big goal right now. Um, I think next year, what my goal is, I'm going to let myself have through December to kind of be listless and like figure out the first year of a PhD program. Cause it's like very hard. Um, so I think I'm going to give myself until January and then I'm going back after it, which, um, I've never been injured before, like never even lost a toenail. And that's like a mark of distinction for trail runners. I've done a lot of trail running. I've won some stuff in the trail world and I have not lost a toenail, but I think it's because I take care of my feet until two days ago. So I was coming home from work and I had a bunch of stuff in my hand and was trying to drag in the garbage can from the side of the road and it has to go kind of like under the lip of the deck and so I pulled down on it and like let go simultaneously a little bit because I thought it was just gonna swing itself under there instead I gave it additional force to slam into the top of my foot so of course the edge just smashes right into the top of my foot and um immediately starts bleeding and is immediately bruised and swollen up. And I called, I mean, like I called Trevor crying so bad that he like left work because he did not know what was wrong because I dropped a garbage can on my foot. I thought it was fractured. So I've been panicked um, because it really hurt. It's so swollen. It's purple. Like it looks like Barney. So I went yesterday and got, three x-rays done on it. It's not fractured. It's just a massive contusion. So I have to take um, two weeks off of like running, running. So it's kind of, I'm, I'm wondering if this was kind of like a little bit of like a hard reset that I needed. Um, Cause I never have done anything like this to myself before. Like I've gotten stitches when I tripped running once, but the doctor said I could still run with them. So I did because I was training for a marathon. So I was like, uh, I kind of need to keep running. Um, so I did the marathon the day after they took out the, the stitches. Worked out fine. Um, but this one is like, I can't actually get my foot into a tennis shoe. So I can't just run through it. Um, so I wonder if like, maybe that was a little bit of God being like, hey, hun, slow down. And it's okay. Because I have a new job. Um, I'm working in counseling for like really underprivileged kids right now. And it is probably one of the most emotionally draining things I've ever done. Um, and then like, it's, it's just been a really hard week. Um, and then I started a PhD in urban education at IUPUI. So I am commuting back and forth to Indy um, for classes which is very difficult, um, especially when you think about until a month ago, I was training 18 to 20 hours a week on top of that. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of it comes from like, I have always been a passionate overachiever. Like I want to have big goals. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think that if you stop having big goals, you, you stop growing as a person. And I don't ever want to do that. Like I told my fiance that like, I'm really excited about spending forever falling in love with different versions of him because like I, as much as I hope I'm constantly changing, I know that that's something he hopes for himself too. The beautiful thing is um, if you find someone that's in perfect symmetry with you and your craziness, they just do all the same stuff you are. So we're <laughs> equally as busy. Um, so he also trained for Ironman and is also getting his, educational doctorate at Spalding right now um, in educational leadership. And so we're just both just crazy busy Sundays, our church, and then sitting on the couch doing homework together. And every mm -hmm. once in a while, we'll be like, did something happen with the football? 
<laughs> so, yeah. so that pretty much sums up how our Sundays go. Um, and then we decided to get engaged and are going to get married December 17th. Um, so that's been a lot of planning very fast, but I think that like, for me, I've never really hit that wall because like running has always just been a place for joy. Mm-hmm. So I don't always love it while I'm doing it, but I have found a community of people that are really supportive. I found people that are as crazy as I am and will go do ridiculous things. Like we decided to do a self-supported ultra for my birthday because we always, we have for like the last three years and our friends like showed up with homemade signs to Seneca park and donuts. And we're just there to love on us and like planned their much shorter Saturday run to run past us so that they could come run with us for a couple miles. And it's like, that's, that's an, an insane level of love and support. And I don't think many other communities like have that. Um, and then like, I've always, since I switched from, I do road running, but I also do trails and I kind of like those a lot better. It's a little more low key. Everybody's really relaxed. It's like, Oh, we're just going to hang out, kind of run through some trails, camp, cook out. Um, and there it's just so much closer to God. Mm-hmm. So for Ironman, you can't do the event with headphones. Um, so most of my training I do without headphones or music just because I wanted to, I wanted to eliminate any crutches that I could have like going into the event. Right. Because like, music helps drown out some of the like psychological pain of like, Oh my gosh, I'm so tired of running. And then when you're on the trails, you also like shouldn't have headphones in just because you can't hear bikers, dogs, the variety of other things that could potentially go wrong while trail running. And so it's always been somewhere that I just, I feel the majesty of, of creation, mm-hmm. right? Because you're in it and you're doing something that's, that's very, um, it's very animalistic. It's very like very base, right? Like I'm breathing, I'm running, I'm sweating. Like that is probably the closest we get to like our old school, old school ancestors. I'm not (laughs) running away from anything. I'm also not like really catching anything, but I'm doing what they had to do to like survive. Right. Sure. So it's a, I don't know. It's a very spiritual thing for me. And so a lot of times, like I've never really hit that wall of, I can't go any further yet. Mm-hmm. So in this, I've had to slow down for sure. Like there have been walking things like a lot of Ironman Indiana was me walking. I was very tired. Yeah. <laughs> the wind was, I, I did not expect the swim to take as much out of me because like I had, um, I had done Ironman Louisville and I was like, Oh, well, I felt fine on the, on the marathon. Like I actually did a really, I did a 431 Ironman marathon at, in Louisville, which is like actually really good. I was much slower than that in Indiana because I just, I don't know. I didn't think that this one was going to take as much out of me. And then the wind, it like stormed all day on the bike. So it was just raining on us and super windy. And so I felt like I was just like having to really battle my way through the bike. And so by the time I got to the run, I think I looked at my mom when I got off the bike and I was like, I don't want to go out. And she was like, we did not drive this far for you not to go out. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And so I like, by the, and by the time I got back for the first loop, cause it was like two loops. I was like, mom, I really don't want to do this. And she's like, you have to go. I'm like, okay, you're right. I have to go. Um, but I, I really look forward to finally finding the wall. So my plan for next year is I want to do a sub six hour half Ironman, which is like really good for a woman. I'm at a 616 right now. Um, so I just need to get a little bit faster on everything. Um, and I think I can. And then I really want to do a hundred kilometer, which would be a 62 mile foot race and then a hundred miler in the fall. So the plan is do a hundred K in the spring while I'm training for a half iron, do the half iron, get it out of the way, hundred miler in the fall. And then I don't know, see what else, what else pops up. There you go. Maybe go to the well, CrossFit well, games too. Yeah, I. It sounds like if you're getting all this CrossFit stuff, pretty soon we're going to see you. I think I'll be an American, American, American Ninja Warrior. I don't have enough upper body strength for that. I keep trying, but like, 
man, 60 pounds is heavy. <laughs> so I've got three questions for you. Mm, okay. Um, if I can remember what they are. Question, uh, question number one. Um, you mentioned briefly your PhD program that you're in. Mm -hmm. What is it that attracted you to that particular program? Is that a, is that a, a calling you feel? Is this an, at the same time, is this a goal that you are, you've set, you mentioned you always need goals. Is getting a doctorate a, a yes. goal that you've set or is this, um, that, that is giving you similar motivation or is this just, Hey, I've got a passion for this particular issue. Or is it so it's a little bit of both. Yeah. So I have known that I wanted to get a doctorate since I knew that doctorates existed. Um, and I, and I never wanted to be a doctor of medicine cause like blood kind of creeps me out a little bit. Um, however, I like knew that I wanted to get the highest ed education that I possibly could. And I've played around with a lot of how that would look. Um, I took the LSAT, got a good enough score to go wherever I wanted, decided that I wasn't really, I'm not a good enough liar to be a lawyer. <laughs> so I was like, probably not the vein for me. Like you can always tell on my face when I'm lying. So I'm like, maybe that's not the right career path. And so um, I was homeschooled and a lot of that looked like me teaching my younger sister up until high school. And then I went to a public high school, which was a culture shock. Um, but I like knew that I enjoyed teaching her, not what I majored in, in, in college. I made triple majored history, sociology, and anthropology. I really thought I was going to go for a sociology doctorate and like very much told my advisor when I left center that I was coming for his job in 10 to 15 years. So I'd better be ready to retire. Um, and I applied for a lot actually. And that was all during 2020 and it was not the best choice to apply for a bunch of programs, um, during a mental health crisis year and then get rejected from all of them. <laughs> so it was very stressful. Um, Trevor likes to remind me that I applied very late for all of them and that's why I got rejected, not because I wasn't worth it. So he's a keeper. Um, but I always knew that I wanted to get a degree in something that was like human sciences, basically, because I'm fascinated by how people groups work. Um, but I got an education master's from the University of Louisville and started teaching in public school, started teaching at DOS and then went to Moore. Um, and both of those were pretty rough. That's actually how I ended up at um, where I was before I left to pursue the PhD was because I was like so heartbroken by the public school system. And so I'm getting a PhD in urban education, which is basically looking at the public school systems and especially in urban areas and especially with underprivileged kids. And so I knew I wanted to do something dealing with that population because the entire time I left public education, I wrestled with whether or not I had given up too soon on those kids. Mm -hmm. And those kids are the kids I still keep in contact with. Sure. Like they're the ones that have emailed me from college to tell me that they've decided to become teachers. Um, and so the program I'm in is incredibly equity and diverse, diversity focused. Like I am one of three white people in the program. And so sometimes it can be very uncomfortable to like have the equity and racial conversations because like I'm talking to people that have been hurt by it, like sure. literally have lived that, that prejudice and that oppression. And so that's one of the things that like I love about the program is they're asking us to be hyper critical of the world around us and the frameworks that we are participating in, whether mm -hmm. we mean to or not. Right. Um, and so I have always, my mom calls it my justice warrior soapbox. <laughs> so I've had that since I was like a preteen and my mom will jokingly tell anybody that her biggest mistake as a parent is telling me that I was allowed to have an opinion at a young age. Sure. Um, 
because then I grew up with one. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I like, I've always been really, really keyed in on social justice issues. And so this program was just like the perfect thing. And I was looking through for things that were in social issues in education and it opened up and I have gotten a, a graduate assistantship with them also. So on top of my busy life, I also do a lot of research. Um, and it's been really cool because I'm working with a woman who is probably 20 years my senior from a total, totally different socioeconomic and racial demographic. And we're getting to look at like stuff that she pulled her son from public schools due to. Yeah. these things that were happening. And so it's, I'm getting such a, such a unique and amazing experience, like getting to learn from her and getting to do the work with her and really see what that world is like. And so it's a little bit of that dual, like I love knowing, I love education for education's sake as most teachers do. Um, but I also love the pursuit of, yeah. um, so I got like a strengths assessment for my most recent job. And it said that one of my top five strengths was I'm like a, like a uh, magpie where you just collect the shiny things because they're shiny, but yeah. mine is information. And it was, and it said that it's like, you are an information magpie. And I was like, that is so perfect. Cause I'm like, yeah, that, that's exactly why I like doing the stuff. Like I'm a, I'm a vicious reader. Like I just love to be reading constantly. And so it's been, it's been a really cool fit to like, be able to flex that. And I think it came at like a good time in my life because I was beginning to be like, am I only a runner? Is this all that I am? And so <laughs> I got, I got the chance to be like, no, I'm like also, you know, going to be a doctor and have like a really amazing perspective on education that not everybody has. And then that'll mean that I'll get to be like a published author. And like, it's very cool. So. Well, it sounds like an, an incredible opportunity doing important, important, uh, incredibly important work. I have two quick questions that are not nearly as important. So it's just okay. a hard transition. So the next question is, um, you said you and Trevor are getting married soon. Yeah. I assume at some point you'll probably go on like a honeymoon or vacation mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Are you one of, I think I know the answer to this question. When you travel are you one of those weird people who decides where you're going to vacation based upon the kinds of races that are available in that particular location? <laughs> okay. So every single one of our, our vacations to date has involved athletics. Of course. Um, last Valentine's day, we went and did a marathon in St. Louis. So just in case you're curious, we yeah. are those families that, uh, I we went to the cheesecake factory for Valentine's day. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to go see his family in Kansas for Thanksgiving. And we're like, send us the link to the 5K out there. Um, <laughs> so this is the first. We're going to go to Key Largo, Ooh. which is very exciting. I know. Um, mostly because we decided we're both older and we just decided we don't we don't want to wait to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, once, you, once you've kind of been through life like we have, we're like, we know now. Like we've mm-hmm. done enough discernment and, and I've prayed about it a lot and talked to a lot of people in our lives. And so we were like, you know what, let's just go ahead and get married. He wants it to be tomorrow. I'm like, no way, sir. I need at least a little bit of time to plan. Um, And so we are going to Key Largo and we have no specific athletic adventures planned. Now we will gym (laughs) slash run slash workout at least once a day, just because I think it's stabilizing for both of us. Sure. Um, Because athletics have been a part of his life for like, since he was, you know, old enough to toddle around. Um, me, I just like need it for, I'm hyper anxious, even though you probably would not be able to tell from my normal life. It's because I run a lot. Um, and so it just kind of, it's really leveling and we like doing it together because it's kind of been a staple of our relationship. I think some of our earliest dates, our first official hangout outside of like our place of work was church. And then our second one was we ran around Cherokee park together. So um, it's kind of always been part of our dating life. And so we're going to carry it on, but no specific athletic adventures planned in Key Largo, but not, now I might look. <laughs> All right. Final question. This is the most important thing. Yet more evidence as to how you are 
a crazy competitive person, driven person. Yes, there's the marathons. Yes, there's the Ironman. Yes, there's an incredibly challenging, <laughs> important PhD. Last year, I witnessed <laughs> you. Hot. <laughs> I, I witnessed you uh, take if you if you're familiar <laughs> with the, sh- the the show Hot Hot Ones on on <laughs> YouTube. I saw Danny Durbin take the bomb, or or something yeah. close to it. I don't know. I wouldn't touch it. Hot oh. sauce that you know has a has a warning label on it, and just. Put it, you know, put it, would you put it like on a nugget or something? Yeah, or something we had and just Chick-fil-A nuggies. Yeah. And just <laughs> threw it down like, like it was nothing. And I saw grown men at the same time weeping, just weeping and snotting and spitting. And you were just, you, you took a shot of the hot sauce and you're like, okay, what's next? So do you remember the ghost pepper? Yeah. I went back for seconds. Yeah. Or the Reaper wasn't a Reaper. Maybe I don't know. I, don't know. I, hotter. I was too uncomfortable to even get near it because <laughs> I could feel, you could feel the heat generated off of it. So, yeah. I'm just saying, if 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 you are looking for that next challenge, have you considered competitive hot sauce eating as one of one of them? Because I think you might I'm be not. You might be gifted there as well. Uh. This is embarrassing, but I'm going to share it with you and the rest of your 14 followers. But that's right, 14. Um, <laughs> We're going to be 15 after this. One. I um I got in trouble at church camp growing up because I was playing checkers with one of the boys at church camp, and we got into a argument over who was winning checkers, and so he did not get talked to. I'd like to point this out. He did not get talked to, but I was too competitive and needed mm. to cool it and was sent to go braid people's hair. I was like, <laughs> oh my this is really unfair. I do not enjoy it. But yes, I got, I got kicked out of a checker game at church camp because I was too competitive. That was the, that's, so, the most, that's the most church camp punishment. The, the little girl is too competitive, so she better go braid hair to think about things. I know. And it was like, it was, it was at a day camp for like underprivileged kids. So it was fine, but like, come on, I was winning. Yeah. You can't help it. You are who you are. I know. Faked in. Well, Danny Durbin, (laughs) it's been a pleasure. It's been fun catching up with you. I mean, talking, if we were running, I couldn't catch up. Right. (laughs) That's clear. So it's so good to catch up. Anything could happen. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us on on among other things. Thank you for having me. I loved it.